black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Jamie. How's your week been? You know, I feel like I'm just recuperating from the rest of the week because honestly, just recuperating from the whole holiday. The last people to leave my house left this morning. So literally, my grandmother and my sister were the last two people to leave and their flights left today at noon. So they literally left the house this morning after I left to take Harrison to school. And now I am trying to make sense of my house. I still have Christmas decorations up that I need to take down. My housekeeper is coming on Friday. I need to get all that stuff out of the way so that she can actually physically clean the house. It's just, it's just a lot, right? And when people leave your house after you got to go back to work, it's a lot, right? You're just trying to get your house back together. Sort of a rough way for me to start off a new year, but guess what? It is a new year and I'm in it. And I, so far, it's been a positive one. So I'm just living amongst the dysfunction that's going on right now, praying that this is not how the year is supposed to continue. Because, you know, they say, however you spent the new year is how you end the new year or actually spend the rest of the year. I'm going to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Okay. Because he knows that I've been entertaining people in my house. And making them feel as comfortable as possible. So I believe in Jesus to give me a restart of the week. How about that? Well, I'm going to believe him with you. First of all, Happy New Year. I know that we've said Happy New Year, but not on the podcast. So Happy New Year. And I'm absolutely with you. I have not entertained people. I cooked like I was cooking for an army. So, you know, when my husband tells me that I've cooked too much food, that's problematic. But like, I can't imagine having people in my house that long. It just feels like forever. Did you all do a celebration for Miss Lisa? We did a little celebration. We didn't do anything too big. We did get a cake. Um, and then my sister made cabbage and kale salad. And my mom made like a meatloaf. But that was pretty much what we did. We had a plate full of greenery. I was like, this is the healthiest, you know, New Year's ring in that we've ever done. We also did dumplings. So we looked up all the foods that you're supposed to eat New Year's to see how we can get around eating black eyed peas. So we did not do black eyed peas this year because none of us like them. And you know, they're supposed to be for good luck. We did take out the cans of black eyed peas because that's all we could find, but we did not cook them because you know, you don't eat cans black eyed peas, you make them from scratch. And plus nobody really eats them. So I'm like, what can we find? What else can we find for good luck? So we went through all this list of foods that you should be eating for good luck. Some of them are for fertility. So I was like, I reviewed that in the name of Jesus. I don't need that. But uh, my sister made sure that we had all of the food groups accounted for in her little, you know, salad here and healthy cabbage here. So 
It was good. It was delicious. Now, we did have plenty of wine and champagne to wash it down with. So uh, she was semi-healthy, but healthier than we've ever done before. I'll say that. Well, I didn't have a healthy New Year, but I did fix Black Eyed Peas for the first time. Typically, my mother fixes the Black Eyed Peas. And I, I don't dislike Black Eyed Peas, but it's not something I'm about to eat every day. And it's very ironic because my father loves a bean, a black IP, uh, anything that is lentil based, right? And I'm just not a fan. Like I like bean soup, right? Like I like 15 bean soup. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't dislike them, but you're never going to get me to like go to a restaurant or request black IPs. Like, what do you want when you come over? It's never going to be black eyed peas. But I cooked them for the first time. I don't know whether Ken said that they were good because he was being nice or they were actually good, but I don't like them. I don't. And I cooked a bunch of macaroni. I just cooked too much food. Just It was just too much. It, and it was two weeks in a row. Like Christmas and New Year are too close together to be cooking so much food. I did see that dumplings are a thing. They're typically Asian culture to do dumplings. I know that um, some like middle European countries apparently do sauerkraut. I'm going to explore some other options next year too. Cause you know, like it's just a lot of food. Like I got greens and ham and black eyed peas in my refrigerator right now. And I'm like, I really hope that Ken likes green ham mac and black eyed peas because I'm a little tired of it. Like today was Tuesday and I had tacos because it's Taco Tuesday and we don't break Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Not in this house we don't, right? But like, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about the black eyed peas, Nicole. I don't. I say let's start not doing black eyed peas. Let's make black eyed peas a thing of the past. Everybody always has them in their refrigerator. You always throw them away. You eat your one little spoonful and you keep on moving. Let's stop that. Let's let's end that here. So 2025, we ain't doing no more black eyed peas. We're done with them. And throw away the leftovers. I give you two days for leftovers and it's time to get rid of them. You give two days for leftovers. I don't really like leftovers. <laughs> like if I can't make it into something else, like, okay, I'll get like greens. I'll put it with another side. Right. But like, even for Christmas, like I made several different meats and several different vegetables and several different sides because I need to be rotating. Cause if I'm eating the same thing every day, this is why meal prepping doesn't work for me. Right. I'm not about to meal prep at the beginning of the week. And now on a Thursday, I'm still eating the same thing I was eating on Monday. Cause Janine is now tired of it. Like my attention span is real short. You got to grab my attention while you have it. And I got to love it. Cause if not, I'll just be hungry. Cause I'm, you know how the, the old people used to say, if you don't want something, you're not hungry enough. I don't be hungry enough because I'm not eating something I don't, <laughs> I don't want. It's probably one of the most contentious parts of my household, right? Like if the food isn't right, I would rather just not eat. Like I don't, don't come bring it back looking like something else. If it's not right the first time, please just, we just going to skip this meal. It's okay. I can skip a meal or two. But Janine, I'm pretty sure whatever you cooked was amazing. I cooked nothing. I definitely sat back and ate and I enjoyed it. It was amazing. I mean, when you were hosting so many people, you should be able to sit back and enjoy. Nah, sometimes people are like hosting and cooking at the same time. Yeah, I've done mm. that before. I'm not doing it anymore. Nope, not going to do it. So, Johnny, what's on our timeline? Okay, I'm not even going to tell you what's on the timeline. I'm just going to jump right into it because this is a lot today. And I feel like we're going to be super opinionated about this. So let's just get into it. So today's timeline topic came to us from Diamond the Body via... Tasha K via DL Hughley. So actually via our producer, Ken. So Ken sent us this clip and then I went and saw the clip was on DL's page, which was from Tasha K. And then I went and for whatever 
reason decided to find the actual original video and it's on Diamond the Body's Instagram page. So maybe y'all are more in the know than I am, but for those of you, of you or those of us, I should say, because I'm included in this, who have to Google to figure out who Diamond the Body is because had no clue who this woman was. She's a Jamaican-American rapper, apparently. She's a rapper. It appears that she may have been a stripper or some sort of sex worker at some point in her past or may still be, but I haven't been able to confirm that. I did find an interview where she said that she slept with over 2,000 people. That's where I made that, that connection. Not sex shaming, not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just trying to give you a background of who she is. I got tired of Googling this girl. I'm going to be real honest. Didn't really care that much. I'm more interested in what she had to say. So if y'all want to know who she is, feel free to go Google her. I don't know nothing else about the girl, okay? We're going to get into it. She decided to go online and blab her mouth about jobs, specifically jobs for men. And what she considers acceptable jobs for men. I was going to actually go into this whole thing. And I know Ken, our, our producer, I said, hey, this is what I'm going to go into before we play the clip. I'm not even going to explain this because as I started talking about this, I got really frustrated. And I'm not, I'm going to save my opinion for later. Ken, you can just go ahead and play the clip so everybody can hear what she's running her mouth about. There's a list of jobs that men should not do, especially grown ass men. Okay. For one, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Matter of fact, any fast food restaurant, if you think that you're a grown-ass man working in a fast food restaurant is okay, something is wrong with you, all right? Leave those jobs to the teenagers. My nephew can't even get a job right now because there's some grown-ass men in his 40s flipping my burger, okay? Let it go. Leave it alone. That job is not for you. Anything in retail, okay? I don't want to see no grown-ass man handing me a dress, okay? Why are you a grown-ass man working at Ross? That makes absolutely no sense, okay? Target, Marshalls, like, guys, give it up. Leave these jobs to the kids. Leave these jobs to the teenagers. These are jobs you get in high school, in college. But once you're a grown-ass man, you do not need to be working in any fast food restaurant or any retail restaurant. And for you high-value men that think that it's high-value to work for the city, <laughs> Let me tell you something. You're absolutely wrong, all right? No police officers, no firefighters, no construction workers, no mailmen, no post office. Um, if you consider that a high-value man, you're absolutely wrong, okay? There's nothing high-value about making 70000 a year. You men that think working for the city is high value, it's actually not, okay? It's pathetic. It's sad, all right? I don't want my husband coming home smelling like trash. Yes, we do need people to take the trash out, but don't come to me thinking that that's a high value job. Absolutely not, okay? You guys need to go get some real careers, okay? Become an entrepreneur or something, all right? Own a Lamborghini or something. Like, you guys thinking that this... You driving around here in a Toyota and thinking that you're a high value man because you work for the fucking post office. You're absolutely wrong. Stop it. All right. You're low value. All right. If you want a high value woman like me, you need to switch your career path. So, Nicole, I actually just had to Google the cost of a Lamborghini and I'm just going to go with the first 2023 Lamborghini that popped up on my screen. It cost, um, it has 300 miles on it. Let's just be, it's used. Let's be, be fair. A 300 mile used uh, Lamborghini 
that is a 2023 model is $464,999, a Lamborghini. Okay, I'm. let me just say this. I played these clips and this one specifically because, you know, Nicole, we say enough stuff to get our own selves in trouble. I don't want these people getting us in trouble. I want y'all to know that this is not our thoughts that we are projecting on someone else. This is what came out of her mouth and this is what she believes. I will start by saying this. This particular clip that we extracted is a clip that she posted on Instagram in a series of clips. Now, the first clip that she posted basically said that broke men shouldn't have sex. They shouldn't get sex. She said that they shouldn't even be thinking about it because all they should be doing is thinking about how they're supposed to make money. So men, she said, are supposed to be working so that they can make money to cater to women. She thinks that women weren't meant to struggle. But, you know, I don't think that I was meant to struggle either. But, like, that doesn't mean that women as a whole aren't meant to struggle. You know, some people be on the struggle bus. That's how you learn lessons and build character. But she thinks that women weren't meant to struggle because men were meant to take care of us. Now, I agree. I think that you would agree that, you know, men should be taking care of us. But it's just something about this particular clip. There was also a clip that I remember that she said that if you're a broke man... And by broke, she means someone that's not making six figures. Plus, if you are a broke man, you should let the woman that you love go so that she can be with someone that's rich, get your money up, and then you can have the woman back, like go win her back. When did relationships become so transactional? And I'm not out here saying that you need to give every broke man a chance because I will be the first to tell you I'm expensive. I have bills and things and like costs, but then I also, you need someone that's going to tell you no every now and then. Now, I don't like to hear the word no, just like the next person doesn't like to hear the word no. However, there's something like grounding about knowing that you have to work for the things that you are getting. She doesn't think that men... And I'm just going to say black men because she's black and we're black and this is about black women conversations. So she doesn't think that men should work in certain places. And by those certain places, she said no fast food. She said no retail. She said that basically no civil servant because that's not high value. Now, I have a lot to say about this. I'm going to, I've been trying to like refrain from my opinion, but I have a lot to say about this and I don't want to say anything that is going to be demeaning or degrading to this lady. So I really need to get my thoughts together. So Nicole, I'm going to let you tell us what you think about Diamond the Body and what she decided to put into the universe. And then once I have my thoughts together, I'll share with the people. She's trying to be the new female version of Kevin Samuel. And that worked for him because he had a lot of followers, right? Like he had a lot of followers. He probably got paid a significant amount of money. That is what he did for a living. And she is irrelevant, right? We don't know who she is. At least I don't. Not not people that are high value women. We don't know her. And you can't claim to have sex with like 150 people a year and say that you're high value. Like the 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 two don't go together. Um, they just don't. Um, it's it's given real trashy to me. And I know Johnny, you're like, I'm not here to judge. Well, I'm here to judge, um, because she's judging others. So um you can't say that men who make a, a living working respectable jobs, like working for the city, making $70,000 is not high value. Let me tell you, um, I'll take me one of them men right now. That's good money. That's good money. That, that here in Georgia 
is basically twice the median household income. Okay, while she's bashing and belittling the $70,000 a year pe uh, people. And she's from Jamaica. Now, I love Jamaica. I love going to Jamaica. But let's be real. You're talking about $70,000 US dollars a year in Jamaica. What are you saying about people of Jamaica that don't own that? Okay. Why is the, the value of a person related to the dollar amount they bring in, especially if they're able to provide for their families? So what are you saying? And it sounds like the way you get your more than $70,000 a year is hooking, hoeing, and crooking. Because I'm like tired. My vagina is tired just even doing the math, thinking about how many people you have sex with in a year. Like you're literally having sex and you're not, this is not like, oh, I'm married or I'm in a serious relationship and I'm having sex that number of times. Okay, there are people that have been married for five to 10 years who have not had sex 2,000 times, okay? You're talking about 2,000 partners. And you said at least 2,000, at least 2,000. You keep it real, at least 2,000. You've been having sex since you were 12. I'm not here to judge that, okay? Because I understand that somebody wasn't supervising you and you were not guided in the way that you're supposed to be guided to be having sex at 12, okay? And I don't know if that was consensual or not consensual. I don't know. In the interview, you said, you remember, like, well, yesterday, you remember the boy, da-da-da-da. So I'm assuming you weren't raped, but I, that may not be the case. I don't know how old this boy was, so I'm not going to assume anything. But in the 15 years you've had intercourse, you mean to tell me 2,000 people, not the number of times you've had sex, people. Okay, let that sink in. People. We're not talking about the count of the intercourses. People. So, and that's assuming you only had sex with said people one time. But her 2,000, y'all, isn't including that. We're talking about people, body count, people. I just thought I'd break that down because when I heard that, I, it, it just screamed to me like, ah, you know, maybe we've been hooking on a corner. Have we been sex trafficked? Like what has been going on here, right? But usually sex trafficked people or victims, they're not out here bragging about body counts. They're not talking about that. They are traumatized. They are abused. Even if psychologically you are going with the flow, that's still abuse. Okay. But she out here, like, I'm gonna keep it real. I do sex. I like sex. Da, 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 da. And the reason I'm breaking it down like that. And, and, and I love body positivity. And, you know, as long as you making sure that that vagina is healthy and the things that go inside are clean, I'm not going to knock you, okay? As an OBGYN, I just want to make sure you're infection-free. But I, I criticize because she's criticizing other black men, okay? How can you criticize somebody that's making an honest, whole-free living, bringing home food and money to their family, providing for their family, and being of service to this community as a police officer, or a firefighter, or, you know, a energy worker, or whatever it is, and you calling them not low value, but you out here got 2,000 plus partners? Oh, okay. Nicole, you done? Because I don't know if my thoughts are together. I done wrote something on this paper so I can tell the people, but it's 
it's it's really given she's pissing me off. Okay, let, let me start at the top, and then I'm gonna get to your how value part because I had the same very very similar thought. So let's start at the top. Seventy thousand dollars. Is she serious? Seventy thousand dollars. Let me be very clear, and I'm gonna give y'all some statistics, and I'm gonna learn something new because I did some digging for some t- statistics about income income by race, income by location. Let me say this so that I don't give that part away. Everybody on IG and TikTok makes six figures, seven figures, eight figures. They're about to be a billionaire, okay? Everybody, because guess what? You can be whoever it is that you wanna be on the internet. Y'all out here, and by y'all I mean diamond, out here getting bamboozled thinking that there are just a plethora of men. And I'm assuming that she likes black men. I don't know. I'll just make that assumption. It's just a plethora of men that are out here just able to just drop half a million dollars on a Lamborghini. Girl, what? Is your rap career or whatever else it is that you do on the side, is it by, is it making you Lamborghini money? I don't know about you, Nicole, but my mama taught me, and I would assume that Miss Lisa didn't taught you the same thing, that I can't demand something of somebody that I can't give to myself. I cannot demand something of somebody else that I can't afford to give myself. Just like my mama taught me, don't take my tail nowhere that I can't afford to get home from. Because you can't depend on people. And the fact that she's out here talking about $70,000 ain't nothing. Girl, are you serious? Okay, we're going to move on. Because I'm gonna, she's going to piss me off and I'm going to go off and say something that I don't want to say. Now, let me get to your point, Nicole. This whole body count thing. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface what I'm about to say with I'm not slut-shaming. I'm all about body positivity. Do what you want with the body that the good Lord gave you. But remember, the good Lord gave it to you, right? So when you got to stand before the good Lord, you got to atone for whatever it is that you did with your body. That's between you and the good Lord. I'm not here to judge you. But what I will say is this. I have questions. And my biggest question about this is how can you, as a woman who has spread your legs for 2,000 plus people at this point, because the interview that we saw was back in 2022. So I'm pretty sure that there's been more than 2,000 at this point, right? And I think that the article actually said more than 2,000. So how can you, as someone who has spread your legs for more than 2,000 people, tell me or anyone else about a high value person? Like, that's a real question. I'm just curious, like, where do you get the audacity to tell me about a high value person? Because last I checked, supply and demand is like a real concept, right? So if you just out here spread it out to everybody, the demand is not as high as the supply, no? Okay, maybe it doesn't apply to sex, but I, you know, just my thoughts. And then my other question is this. So apparently we're just going to say that value is relative, which we know that it is. But like the way that she's coming across, it seems like, oh, this should be just logical common sense. But value has to be relative because, or apparently it is, because my question is this. So out of them 2,000 plus people, your value wasn't high enough for none of them to keep you? Did any of those 2,000 make you their woman? I got questions. So let me go on to another irrelevant point that she decided that she was making. This whole concept of, my nephew can't get a job because I don't want to hear that. There's DoorDashing, there's Uber Eats, there's Instacart. There are a whole ton of jobs now that you can get that do not require that you actually have any like actual skill, right? There are these jobs that people would like to say are menial, but we really in the pandemic realized that they're essential people, right? So I don't want to hear that your nephew can't get a job. That's that's not what I want to hear because your nephew being unable to get a job really does not have anything to do with the jobs that other people occupy. And I will say this, as someone who hires people, I literally hire people just like you, Nicole. 
for me personally, I don't know if you feel like this, Nicole, but I would rather hire a boomer or a millennial with a great work ethic and that has, you know, maybe is not, um, has not advanced as much in the, the, the career space that is going to work hard and be dedicated to their job than to hire a Gen Zer who decides that they feel super entitled and wants to be a manager day two. And then they want to sit and, you know, a few weeks after they don't get in management position, or even if they do, a few weeks later, they decide that they wanted to quit. Didn't we talk about this in a few episodes back where didn't Kitty Yance tell us about how this generation is where they just are like, oh, I'm going to stay for a couple of days and then I want to move on to my job. It's considered acceptable these days, right? But let's go back to this. As a manager, as someone who does the hiring, you know, sometimes it's just easier because these people already have some work ethic. They already have a business acumen. They already have the things that you need. So you don't have to take the time or the energy or the finances to train them. And let's be very clear, retail, managing retail and retail logistics of retail, stockroom of retail, all of those things, those aren't high school teenage jobs because someone has to be accountable for those things, right? So a 16-year-old can only be but so accountable for certain things just because of the law. You know, there's a thing called the law. You know that thing? You gotta. You can't give those kinds of jobs to teenagers because a 16-year-old can't be responsible for those kinds of things. Also, let me just put this scenario out there. You really want to sit and talk about, oh, the people and the job and flipping my burger. What if I am the franchisee of a... We'll say McDonald's, because that's what she used, right? Shout out to McDonald's. I'm a franchisee of McDonald's. My employees don't show up. My McDonald's doesn't close down. You know what I'm going to do? As an entrepreneur that she said that these people should go become, if I'm the entrepreneur that's the franchisee of this said McDonald's and my employees don't show up, guess who's dropping the fries and flipping the burgers? I am, because guess what? The restaurant still has to run. So the fact that you're turning your nose up at the 40-year-old who's flipping your burgers in the back, you don't know. He might own the restaurant. And then to say that civil servants don't make a lot of money, she's pissing me off. And she's pissing me off because it's already hard enough. And I'm going to, again, talk about the black men because she's black and we're black. And, you know, this is a podcast talking about black women conversations. So we're going to talk about the black men. It's already hard enough for our men to get jobs, right? They already start off with a disadvantage. They start off with a disadvantage in the community, the things that they have access to, the things that they're afforded, the places that they'll be accepted into when they, you know, try to further their career to go into college or trade school or whatever it is. They already face disadvantages at every turn. That's if they've managed to dodge the bullets or the police on the street. Let's not pretend like our black men just have this easy plight and they can just do whatever they wish and the, the world is their oyster. They don't have that same luxury. So not only are you saying that our men who start at a disadvantage most times, that they need to get jobs, but you're also saying that those same men, there's only a limited number of jobs that you want them to get. You sound insane. And whatever it is that you want to put the pressure on your mans and them or woman, whoever it is that you with, because you said 2000 people, men and women. So whoever it is that you with, if you're saying that these people who may or may not have gone to college, may or may not have been afforded the opportunity, might have just gone into the military because that was their only option out. Maybe they're just happy that they survived to, to adulthood. You're telling me that those same men that have all of life's pressures, you're going to add additional pressure onto them and say that they now have to get a certain kind of job that makes a certain kind of money to afford you? 
please let's get real, ma'am. This makes me sick. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It makes me sick. We can move on. You ready to talk to some of these letters? Okay, so my letter says, Nicole and Janine, I need a quick bit of advice. I'm 43 years old, and since I divorced my husband three years ago, I've been dating and really having fun. So I've been seeing two of the men pretty consistently, and I've developed feelings for both of them. Ironically enough, they have very similar builds and personalities, and both of their personalities and builds are quite similar to my ex-husband, to be very honest. In parentheses, she says, I clearly have a type. I love them both. The only difference is one is a real estate agent and the other is a sanitation supervisor. They make about the same amount of money. I just can't get past what his job is. Yes, I can't get past the sanitation supervisor's job. Like, I can't see myself introducing my man to my friends and coworkers, and they say, what does he do? And I say, oh, he's a sanitation supervisor. Ladies, should I let my one friend go and make it official with the other friend, or should I keep them both around? What would you all do? Please share. Signed, Alicia. So, Alicia, you're worried about the wrong thing, you know? So, you're dating two men. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't because I don't believe that you should have to settle down until somebody puts a ring on it. So I am not going to even go there. I think that you can do whatever you want to do until somebody gets serious and puts a ring on it. But if you know that you're going to be embarrassed by the sanitation worker and you're not going to be embarrassed by the realtor, then why are you wasting the time of the sanitation worker? There is some woman out there that will be very happy to have that sanitation worker. Because, girl, listen, they make good money. And it's consistently good money, okay? Don't sleep on the sanitation workers. They make good money. And there's somebody that's going to make them breakfast early in the morning at 2, 3 in the morning, going to run their bath water when they get home, clean them up, shower them up, lotion them up, and have a good time with that sanitation worker, okay? But if you, if that's not your thing, if you're embarrassed, you can't be embarrassed by the person that you're with. You cannot be embarrassed by the person that you're with. So you need to stop wasting that person's time and you need to move on and you can be with a realtor. Or if that person is not the person that, that tickles your funny bone, then be with somebody else. Because guess what? You don't have to settle down with anyone because you don't have a ring on your finger. You are not married and no one has shown you that they want to be committed to you. For all you know, that sanitation worker could be eating a meal at your house, eating a meal at the next person's house, doing this and doing that. The realtor could be doing the same thing, dibbling and dabbling over here, selling some houses over here, doing some rental property over here, and dibbing and dabbling with everybody he's selling houses to. You don't know, okay? You don't know, and nobody's been serious. So if you're not serious with this person, why are you bringing these people around your friends? Like, why are you even bringing them out into the community of friends and family and introducing them to said friends and family? Because you're obviously not in a serious or committed relationship with either one of them. So you have no explaining to do. Right now, you're just having fun. You should not be mixing and mingling men in different scenarios, right? You bring one guy to Friendsgiving, and then all of a sudden, you bring the next guy to the next Friendsgiving. Come on now. Like, y'all not even that serious yet. So why is it such a big deal? But I will say... After you stop having people mix and mingle with, with people so they're not looking at you crazy like, uh, we met Joe today and we meet in time tomorrow, like, just chill out and see who you actually really like. But if you cannot be comfortable 
with them. This is this seems like he's probably very comfortable with where he is. He's in a leadership position, okay? He is the supervisor of a sanitation company. He making good money. He's trying to move up in that company. He not going nowhere. He's stable, okay? But if you're not comfortable saying he's a sanitation supervisor, then you got to move on. Like nobody's forcing you to be with him. You're dibbling, dabbling anyway. You got to be comfortable with yourself. You got to be comfortable and proud of who you're with. And if you're not that upfront, then you're definitely not going to be that being his wife. If you're even dating to be that. So I would say, stop wasting that person's time. Move on, girl, and be with a realtor or be with somebody else that wants your time. That's my two cents. Now, Alicia, I have questions. Nicole was real nice to you. I have a lot of questions. So my first question is, why does it matter what people think about what he does? Like, do you live in D.C.? Because, you know, that's a real D.C. DMV kind of question. The first thing they're like, oh, hi, this is my friend so-and-so. And the second question is like, okay, what do they do? Right? I hate it. I hate it because it really is how people try to size you up very quickly. And most times, if you're in an industry like me, I can tell you what I do. And you're going to look at me like I have five heads because you probably don't know what that entails. So I ask, and my question is, why does it matter? You said they make about the same amount of money. So if he's a realtor and he's making the same amount of money as a sanitation worker, who cares? Are you looking for stability or are you looking for the approval of your friends and family? Let me tell you something. One of the things, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, your friends and your family and their opinions are the quickest way to ruin a relationship. But I'm with Nicole. Why are you wasting this man's time? If you're embarrassed, move on. Let him go. And just because you don't want to continue a relationship or choose to continue a relationship with him doesn't mean that you need to jump in the sack with this other man either. Yeah, you have feelings for them, but girl, you just got a divorce three years ago. And another question, why did you get a divorce? Why did you get a divorce? I have two questions. What do you do for a living? And why did you get a divorce? Because those are very important pieces of the story that you conveniently left out. I take it that it had something to do with the pandemic because you said that you got a divorce three years ago. That would have been about 2020. Did y'all realize who would have been in the house if you didn't really like each other? But that leads me to my next question. And my final question, because girl, you left out way too much information for us to be giving you any real advice. Here's my final question. You said that both of these men have the same kind of physique, right? You also said that they make about the same amount of money. You said that they look alike and you said that they have similar personalities. But then you conveniently slipped a little nugget in there like we weren't going to catch it. And that nugget was you have a type because they are also both like your ex-husband. Why are we revisiting the same kind of type of man that we just got a divorce from? Girl, that sounds just about as sillier than people that get married and divorced two, three times to the same people. If it didn't work the first time and it didn't work the second time, I see giving it a second go around, you know, let, give, give it a second go around. But if it didn't work the first time and it didn't work the second time, why are we getting married again so we can get divorced again? Why are we remarrying the same person? Once you got a divorce, did you heal? Because it seems you're seeking the same kind of thing. Alicia, I have a lot of questions. So my piece of advice to you is heal first. Get through your divorce situation first. I'm not saying that you aren't, but if you aren't because you're seeking out the same thing because you keep comparing, well, you, I don't want to say keep, you compare these two men that you're choosing between to one another and to your ex-husband. Heal first. Get to know yourself first. Get to know what Alicia is like at 43. And once you figure out that, 
then we can have the conversation about whether you need to be with these men or not. But right now, I feel like you just need to continue dating and enjoying yourself because you can't just put an ultimatum on yourself because you just feel like you have feelings. Have feelings. See what those feelings grow into. Now, if you really want to make it serious, which I don't think that you do, because if you wanted to make it serious, one of these two men would be winning out of the other one, right? If you really want to make it serious, which I really caution you against that, but if you really want to make it serious, go with the realtor because you don't really love the other man. Because let me tell you something. You know if you love somebody, if you would live in the cardboard box on the corner with them and be struggling sharing a piece of bread together. If you're willing to struggle with someone and share every little piece of everything that you have and I might not have a lot and you might not have a lot, but together our little bit is going to be enough for the two of us. If you're willing to be in a position like that with him, then by all means. But what it sounds like is you're embarrassed by him. And to Nicole's point, that's not fair to him. Just go ahead and move on, please. Go ahead and move on. Alicia, just go ahead and move on. Keep keep dating. The, it's, the world is your oyster, baby girl. Go find somebody else. Go continue dating the realtor. Find some other people. Enjoy your dating life, girl. You just got out of a marriage. I don't know how long you were married, but you just got out of a marriage, girl. In, enjoy life. Nicole, what's your letter say? Okay, my letter reads, Hey, ladies, my husband works hard at his eight to five job, but I'm starting to think I've outgrown him. We've been married now for six years. We met in college, but he didn't finish. He works doing supply chain for a national company, but that's what he's been doing for more than four years now. He hasn't moved up in leadership and has not applied for any more jobs. With more experience, he should qualify for something in leadership, but he never asserts himself. I'm now one of the more senior project managers for a health insurance company. And my husband no longer feels comfortable at work gatherings. And I'm pretty sure it's because of his job. This year, we had an argument about him going and he had me go to a Christmas party alone. I wouldn't complain so much about him getting another job if I didn't think he was embarrassed by it. I told him it's time for him to grow up and get another job and stop doing the bare minimum and coming home playing video games. Secretly, I do think this is why I'm reluctant to have kids with him because I feel like our careers or lack thereof is making us grow apart. Am I being too demanding? Should I just continue to not incorporate my husband into my professional life? If this isn't the way to go, how do I involve him in my professional events and lifestyle without turning it into an argument? Signed, Quinley. So Quinley, I'm going to tell you this. And this comes from a very dear friend of mine that said, I was talking to him about alcoholism. And he said, you know what? You know what you do? If you think that you have a drinking problem, keep drinking. You'll find out. Quinley, you are asking us if you should continue along this path of not including your husband in work social events, right? Keep doing it. You'll find out. You'll either grow apart or you'll survive it. Now, I'm not saying that that's the answer because... It could turn from, as Nicole puts it, sugar ish real fast, right? But it doesn't feel like this is sugar. It feels like you are married to a man who is a little bit immature. He might feel a little bit inadequate. You're moving up in the ranks. And he seems to be comfortable where he is as long as it does, it's not pointed out to him. As long as he's not in any environments where he's where other people make him feel inadequate or uncomfortable, right? So I will say this. I'm not going to say that your man is going to suddenly wake up and have some, like, take some initiative tomorrow. You just said that this grown man is sitting playing video games. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but there's a certain balance, right? Nothing all the time is good. Moderation is key with everything in life. I will say that 
if he's been with this company for a long time and he doesn't want to move up or he doesn't want to move on from the company into something else, he's complacent. And it took me a very long time to understand complacency, right? I am the kind of person where if there's an opportunity, I'm going to try to take it. And if for whatever reason it doesn't, if it's a failure, it's a lesson, right? I'm going to make the effort to do so. But I'm also really strategic. You know, sometimes it's not the time. And if that's the case, then sometimes you have to realize, okay, I've been here too long. This isn't the opportunity. This isn't the time I need to move on, right? If you really love your husband, which I hope that you do, I want you all to go seek counseling because it could be something else, right? It could be issues he has with his mama. Maybe he was a mama's boy. Maybe he got coddled. Maybe he feels like the woman should be the breadwinner. Who knows? I hope that you had all of these conversations before you got married, but some people don't and it's fine. There's, you know, therapy helps go to some couples therapy, figure out what this looks like. And if you go through this therapy and it comes out, I think that you should tell him like, you know, the part that you said about secretly, you might be a little reluctant to have kids with him because of how he is. I think you need to have all of those conversations, but I think you need to have those conversations with a therapist. And I think you need to come to your own conclusion about this because we can give you all the advice in the world, girl, but we ain't about to tell you to end your six year marriage, or at least Janine is not. And neither am I going to tell you to stay in this marriage because I don't like when people waste their time. And I don't have a magic crystal ball that tells you what this relationship is going to be like. You need to sit down with your feelings and realize what you're actually feeling. Because you said, maybe that's why I'm reluctant. Maybe this is why this. Maybe it's that. It sounds like a lot of uncertainty on your part. I need you to grapple with your feelings. And you probably will need assistance doing that. A therapist. That's what you need, a therapist. And he might need a therapist too, because who knows, you may be a little overbearing. I'm not putting that on you, but it could be a thing. You know, sometimes when we climb the corporate ladder and we're used to telling people what to do and negotiating and project managing, we manage our homes like a project. Trust me, I know, been there, done that. It doesn't work though. So again, please see a therapist. That's all I'm gonna say. Nicole, what you think? This is hard for me because I mean, they've been together for quite some time. They've been together since college. They're obviously both still young because they've been married for six years. I don't know how long they were together before they got married since they said they met in college, but I'm assuming they're like late twenties, early thirties. I mean, they're, I mean, they're young. He's been doing the same thing for four years. Looks like he still plays video games. So that's why I'm putting them like the less than 30 crew, because at some point you sort of grow out of that. Right. I I don't know. I just feel like perhaps you should have a straightforward conversation if you haven't already and say, listen, I feel like we are growing apart. And I feel like if you are not engaged in every part of my life, then it's hard for me to continue to grow with you in our personal life. And I would really ask him, what does he want in life? Like, do you want me and do you want to grow with me? Or are you content with where you are? Because I'm not content with you not participating with me, which is where we are right now. And if he is content with that, if he doesn't want to participate, if he is going to feel embarrassed by what he does, but isn't trying to work on himself to to better himself, then you have no choice but to move on, okay? And Janine is right. Eventually, time will show itself. You'll have more social events. You'll move up the ladder. He'll want to stay home more because he's doing video games and content with where he is and not trying to grow any. And then lo and behold, you're going to look up and it's going to be like, oh, we've grown apart, right? You're going to find somebody you have more in common with because you're no longer going to have anything in common 
with your husband who is not trying to do anything. And and let me preface this by saying, I am not saying that you can have a husband that you can't have a husband that is is making far less than you and not aspiring for leadership. I'm not saying that, but what she's saying is he's a person that has a problem. She wants to bring him along and she feels like she sees him uncomfortable talking about his career. And so he doesn't want to go. That's a him problem. Okay. That's not a her problem. So when we have a him problem and him don't want to fix himself, then you can't fix him for you. You can't make him comfortable with where he is. Just like you can't make him to aspire to be comfortable and aspire to do more with his life. You can't do that. He has to want that for himself. He has to have his own aha moment. Now, could you be the dutiful wife and hold on while he has that aha, aha moment? Absolutely. You can continue doing your thing. And then one day he may wake up and say, this is what I want to do. I want to move up in a company. I want to do more with my life. I want to go back to school and finish my degree. He could do that. And you could be the dutiful wife and hold on. But that's only if he is not pushing you away in the process. And by him starting arguments about not wanting to go places, that's definitely pushing you away. Okay. So you can only bear so many arguments about the same topic before you realize that this is insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting to get a different result. So eventually you're not going to bring it up. Eventually it's going to make you move differently. Eventually you're not going to want to involve him in the day to day because you're going to want to avoid the argument, but that becomes an issue of neglect, right? That becomes, Oh, you're not including me. Oh, you're not doing your duties as a wife. He's pushing you away by not doing things to stay involved because right now you're inviting him to everything but it's his fault he doesn't feel comfortable in his own skin but you can't force that so i think that time will tell i do agree with you i mean time will tell in this case of what he wants to do but you can't force him you can only say this is what you you got to make it clear i'm not comfortable with this i'm not comfortable with you not going and participating with things i do not want to be a married single person at these events don't have me out here looking married and single at these events. It's going to be up to him to step up or not. And eventually you will grow apart if he doesn't do something. All right, Janine. So what'd you learn new this week? Okay, Nicole. So I did some digging. I did some digging from Pew Research. I did some digging from our statistics. Uh, what is our census? I did some digging. So I took all of these statistics that I found from reputable sources and I'm giving them to you, right? So let's just start off with this, right? Everyone, like I said earlier, everyone on Instagram makes six figures. But let's be very clear that the average U.S. household income for a family of four is $105,555. So all these people out here talking about some, oh, I make six figures. You make six figures with a spouse. You make six figures with somebody else that's helping you to take care of two kids. And let me tell you something. Six figures don't go the same distance when you have mouths to feed. But that's not part of my learn something new. So I also learned that the average salary for a person in the United States annually is $53,490. So that $70,000 that she was talking about is above average in terms of salary. So high value, I don't know what her value is or how she determines what high value is, but typically above average, not saying that, you know, a C or a C plus is stellar, but I am saying that $20,000 above the average national income, not too bad. Okay, 
this I think is probably the one that made me the most pissed off at this nonsense that she's saying. For us, and by us, I mean Black people, on average, and I want everyone to be clear about this, and when you see your next Instagram post or the person that you follow, the influencer that you feel like is your is your person and you just want this life, please play this of my voice in your head again. On average, and this, I will be very honest, is as of 2021, so it's a couple of years old, but I am pretty sure it's not too far off. On average, just 6% of Black estates have an annual earning of $100,000 or more. So 94% of Black Americans make less than $100,000. Only 6%, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, of Black adults in the United States of America make $100,000 or more. So it's a lot of stunting going on on the ground. And I'm going to say legally, because, you know, there are some things that you can do that are not quite legal that make people money. So I'm not, I'm not saying everyone doesn't, but I'm saying the people that pay taxes and report, only 6% of, of Black adults make $100,000 or more. So when you see people stunting on the ground, remember that. Nicole, what did you learn? Yeah, people be stunting on the ground for real. Have you thinking... They rich out here and be renting electric cars for two hours at a time, but neither here nor there, because that's what you do in Vegas. You rent an electric car for a day and you turn it back in. People be doing that kind of thing. I'm just going to throw it out there. They don't just be out here owning these cars, not even leasing them. They are renting them by the hour. But anyway, so what I learned was, according to the Federal Reserve of Boston, roughly one in nine men ages 25 to 54 and that's in their individual prime working years, okay? They are completely out of the labor work market today. They're not working at all. So we're talking about high-value men, $70,000. One in nine ain't working, okay? Now, that's compared to one in 50 in the 1950s. And this trend has been driven by working-age men without college degrees who are actually exiting the labor force when they can't move up or when jobs are starting to require degrees that didn't require degrees. And so they're just not working. So why y'all talking about high value men and $70,000 being chump change? At least they working, okay? Because cause almost 10% not. Just saying. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. And it's by the late, great Chadwick Boseman. And he said, the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. So encourage your mate to be the best versions of themselves, reminding them that the struggle is only temporary. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep, BWC. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production.